the CD player on his laptop played the Roach Sisters' first album, nearly as old as he was, but in its wry lyrics and harmonies, the perfect background music for him now. I had dinner and then a few drinks with Javon, Carolyn went on unconvincingly. It got late. She let me sleep on her couch. End of story, okay? Through the window, he watched clouds begin streaming in gauzy tatters over the moon. Something ugly was coming, according to the weather forecast he'd heard earlier. Something. Chip? The leafless branches of the ancient maples lining Key Street were elongated fingers, reaching out for something they could never have. Like me, he thought miserably, still clutching the rabbit's foot. Yeah, he said. End of story. But of course it wasn't. Silence from Carolyn, who after two days of not answering her cell or responding to his messages, had at last taken his call. Now he imagined her sitting cross-legged in the oversized leather easy chair he'd bought for their apartment in Manhattan a year ago when they'd first moved in together. Her slim frame clad in a black leotard and a smock dress. The purple corduroy one, maybe? now that it was November and getting chilly, and her glossy, dark hair falling in waves over her shoulders. She would be tapping her long nails impatiently on the chair's soft leather arm. Her high-heeled boots would be on the thick Persian rug nearby, probably flung where she'd shed them. Have you eaten lately? I mean, today? He asked. She wasn't lazy, and she could be very well organized but Carolyn had never learned to take care of herself. She had him for that. No, she said guiltily, but I will. Chicken and corn, maybe? And a baked potato? Yeah, right. The idea of her cooking a meal for herself in his absence, let alone a decent one, was beyond far-fetched. More likely she was subsisting on takeout until he got back. If she was even eating that. But he didn't press it. Sounds good, he told her instead, not wanting to start a quarrel. Drink some fruit juice with it, he advised, knowing she wouldn't do that either. In her simple obduracy, Carolyn was like a stone, impenetrable unless you wanted to crush it or break it, and he'd never wanted to. After nearly three years working together, he as the researcher and she the writer of a string of best-selling true crime books, they'd become a couple, and Chip had briefly thought his life was complete. Even before they began sharing the same address, he'd imagined them curled together in the leather chair, large enough to hold them both comfortably. Just how comfortably, he had also pictured in considerable detail. But once it was delivered, Carolyn had claimed the chair as her own, her pointy knees and sharply jutting elbows fencing it off from him silently but definitively. Chip? You believe me, right? About last night? His hand felt cramped. Tucking the phone awkwardly in the crook of his neck, he heard the signature opening fanfare of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno coming on in the background at her end. Good old Carolyn, the original multitasker. Sure, Chip said, absently worrying the cuticle on his right thumb. Like you said, you were at Siobhan's. This too was improbable, however. Siobhan was Carolyn's editor and in that role had proven to be an honorable, reliable friend. But she was about as likely to have a writer sleeping on the sofa in her elegant apartment overlooking Gramercy Park as she was to have bedbugs infesting it.
I believe you, he said, since what good would it do to say otherwise? Carolyn was in Manhattan, over five hundred miles away, and he was here visiting his old friend Sam Tiptree in a place so different from the city it felt like some other planet. Good, he heard relief in Carolyn's voice. It was this faint whiff of her caring that he clung to, knowing she depended on him not to give up on her or forsake her. He'd never done that either, even when he'd known her only as his employer, the writer of crime literature, which it was. What she wrote was never just another hack job on yet another wife murder, child disappearance, or greed-fueled parent slaughter, turgid tomes mixing sex, cash, and subnormal IQs to predictably gory effect. Instead, word by word and sentence by carefully...